so we are going to be in Romans chapter 2 today. If you'd like to turn there, we're going to read those first 11 verses as it relates to the idea of repentance today. So returning to God, we're going to talk about turning here for a minute, but uh, before we get into the thought today, uh, let's talk about what repentance is. So lots of different ways to define it, at least few. One is to say it's a turn. So it's to say that I was going this way and now I'm turning and going another direction. Biblically speaking, though, to repent means that I am changing my mind. That I once thought a specific way, and now I see differently, and so I am changing the way that I think, and the result then will be I'm going to change the way that I live. So with that, let me share a story with you of a movie that you've probably seen. We're right in the middle of football season, and some of you probably don't care, and honestly, I probably don't care a whole lot either, but... That's where we find ourselves in the middle of football season. There's a movie called The Blind Side. Have you seen it? All right. So there's this family, the Tui family, um, who is going to find a man walking down the road. The movie shows it at nighttime, but it actually happened in the morning. This man, Michael Orr. And Michael grew up in like an inner city area, uh, left by all of his family pretty much, just to raise himself. And they see this guy walking down... Uh, a road, the coolness of a morning, he's got a t-shirt and shorts. And so they pass him. And they get up the road a little bit. And there's two words that the wife would say were the turning point, not only of that situation, but have served as a turning point for their lives spiritually as well. Uh, and that's when she looked at her husband and said, turn around. Turn around. And so they did. They pulled their car around and they went back and they picked up Michael Orr. And the short story is they ended up adopting him and he comes, becomes an NFL football player. I'm not so sure that he's not still playing. Uh, so this is a, it's a true story and just talks about not only the turnaround of a life, but it's, it's a good way of thinking about how we live our lives as Christians. Sometimes we're headed a direction and there's a sign, there's something that's calling us to go a different route, right? To turn around. We need to backtrack or move a different direction. So we're going to look in that today. And maybe that's how you've come this morning. You're headed a, a direction that may not be God's direction. Maybe God's word is going to call you to turn around. Maybe you're not living as a Christian with great boldness in your prayer. Great fervency. Great persistence. Great confidence. And so maybe it's a day for a turnaround where you and I begin to really pray as though there is a God who hears and not only is he big enough to answer, he's big enough to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Right? So maybe that's the turnaround that we need today. I don't know what it may be for you, but if there is a turnaround for us to make, then I, I hope that we'll be, and I pray that we'll be willing to follow however God leads us. All right? So Romans 2, uh, here's what's going on. You've got the initial chapter in Romans 1, and Paul outlines who he is. I've been given this role by God to be an apostle, and I'm going to the Gentiles and some of the Jewish people as well. But I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to preach the gospel because that's the only power I've got. And I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, it's, it's our hope. It's our life. The second half of chapter 1, he outlines people who have went astray. And so they knew God, but they didn't worship him as God. They've turned and went a different direction. And so the end of chapter 1 is pretty ugly. Lots of sin going on there. God has given people over. If you don't want to keep me first in your mind, God says, okay, I'll give you a depraved mind. And here's what it looks like. And lots of just sin. Lots of sickness. And we can see it in our own world right now where there's a depraved mind. People are 
saying yes to things that are just absurd. Um, anyway, saw a commercial here this week, and I'm not going to get into the commercial. I probably shouldn't even say that. But it just like it really troubled me the way that we're thinking right now and what's approved by our culture and what we're pushing on kids and like what's being taught uh, in our public uh, school systems is absurd as far as I'm concerned on some of these levels, especially in the area of sexuality. And I mean, it's no wonder we are reaping, you know, the harvest is a mess because what we've sown is a mess. And so it's just the... It's the outcome of a depraved mind. If you don't want me to be first in your mind, then what's going to happen is you're going to get the result of a life lived without God first. And truthfully, to a degree, we've all been there somewhere at some point in our life where God wasn't first and he's probably given us over. You think that's a good decision for you? Go ahead and pursue it. See how it plays out. And there have been plenty of times where I've had to hit the floor, hit my knees. God, you were right. And I was wrong. And man, I was just boneheaded and I was stubborn. I was unrepentant. I went my own way. And thankfully, you were patient with me. And really, that's the story of uh, the message today. We're going to look at the idea of repentance. So when you get to chapter 2, we're going to find here initially some, we don't judge and still live as sinners because we're under the same judgment and the same condemnation. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about repentance, what it looks like, and hopefully how we can live under that today. Uh, so Romans 2.1 uh, begins, You therefore, you have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. So if I'm sinning and you're sinning and I call out your sin and I judge it, I'm calling down judgment on myself, right? Because I'm guilty of the same thing. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth, which is to imply our judgment often is not. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Here's a promise. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. So it doesn't matter who we are. Every one of us, when we're out from under God and we're following our own ways and we've never repented, then we can expect to receive from God his wrath and his anger, which are both holy and righteous, because it's what we're what we've earned. But for those who seek good and who seek God's justice and who seek immortality, eternal life, God says, I'll grant that. And I'll grant that in the gift of my son Jesus by faith. So as we return to God here, it means, or repenting means that we're returning to God. It means that I, I was once there and I'm no longer there and so now I've got to get back there, right? To return means that at some point I had to be there. So we are repenting from the sin, sin nature, we are going to make our way back to God. And so a few ways that we'll highlight that here this morning. 
And the first is this, all right? To repent means that we, we need to realize the purpose of God's kindness towards us. We need to acknowledge that God has been good, and we've sung about it, and we've read about it this morning, and we need to realize why he has been kind or why he has been good. So Paul is asking a really good question, and I think it's a good question for you and I to consider today as we make our way through this text as it relates to where we are living. So Romans 2.4, here's the question. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. And so what's the question? The question is, do you show or do I show contempt for God's kindness? Do I show contempt for God's kindness? So lots of words here I think that we need to define because Paul is saying a ton here. And so we want to make sure that we have this accurate. So let's look at that word contempt initially. To show contempt is is to willfully show disrespect. It is to willfully disobey. It's to say this, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not going to do it. All right, that's what contempt is. So you've probably seen on TV shows, or maybe you've been in a courtroom setting where a, uh, a judge is talking about, I'm going to hold you in contempt of court, because you have a defendant or a plaintiff or somebody who is there who is unruly, and they are not listening to his or her demands. Right? So you hear what I'm saying and you are willfully disobeying it. That's what it means to be somebody that shows contempt. Now let's look at what we're showing contempt for or what we're showing contempt over. So that first word there is kindness. And in this context here, the kindness of God is his grace and his mercy and his love as it relates to our forgiveness. And as it relates to our sin. All right? So at the end of chapter 1, talking about sinners. The start of t- chapter 2 is talking about sinners. And so in light of our sin, God's kindness in part is that he is loving and is that he is gracious and that he is merciful. And so are we showing contempt initially for his kindness? Well, the next word there is forbearance. And so forbear means to restrain. It means to withhold. So I was watching uh, the introduction of the Penn State football game last night. Penn State versus Michigan. Penn State's getting ready to run out of the tunnel. And these guys are all just jacked up, amped up. They're ready to come out and just play football. Their head coach is standing in front of these guys. They're like six guys wide. And he's standing there kind of like he's holding them back. And they keep taking two or three steps forward and then he pushes them back. And what he's doing, like at the crowd, the camera's on him and it's on the big screens. And so the crowd's going crazy because these guys are like ready to come out and do battle. And the coach just keeps pushing him back. Not yet. And he keeps pushing him back. Not yet. And then he finally says, go. And they all take off and it just goes crazy. Right? That's kind of what forbearance looks like. There's something coming. And it's going to be heavy. And it's going to have a ton of energy and life behind it. But right now, God's holding it back. That is his forbearance. His forbearance over his wrath for sin. His judgment of sin. It's coming. And as soon as he says it's go time, it's going to come. But for right now, he's restraining or he is forbearing his wrath. And then the last word there is the word patience. And so in this context, to be patient means God is willing to uh, suffer under those who are his enemies. He's willing to 
continue to allow us to live as enemies because he is desiring repentance. He's desiring repentance, and he's desiring repentance for a good reason, right? Repentance ultimately means that initially we are saved. And so God's word says this elsewhere as well, and you'll see this in 2 Peter chapter 3. When we think about the Lord being forbearing and the Lord being patient, some people said, well, you keep telling people that Jesus is coming back and all this sin is going on and we haven't seen any return of Christ. We don't think he's coming. He's slow. He can't do it. Peter says, no, no, no. The Lord is not slow. He's not slow in keeping his promise as some of you understand it. Instead, he is what? He's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting who? Oh, everyone, right? To come to repentance. That's a good free will verse, right? All people, not just those he predetermined to select for salvation. God's not willing that any perish. And so that's why he is forbearing, and that's why he is patient, because he is wanting to see people saved. Look in, if you've got a Bible that has... Um, cross-referencing, maybe down the middle at the bottom. When you look at this next verse, you'll probably see a reference back to Romans chapter 2. When we go on in that same vein of thinking, right? God is not slow. He's patient. And He's patient because He wants people to repent so whoever repents can be saved. So bear in mind then that our Lord's patience means what? Our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother who? Paul, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with you from the wisdom that God gave him. So probably in your cross-reference there, there is Romans 2, 4, right? Which is the verse we're talking about. Do you show contempt for God's kindness, forbearance, and patience? Understanding, not realizing that his patience and his kindness and his forbearance is, is to lead you to repentance, so in connection here, two different men under the inspiration of the same Spirit are writing about the importance of acknowledging that God is kind to us even though we are sinners. And so Peter connects that writing there. And when we put it all together, we see this. We're deserving of God's wrath as sinners. And the truth is God's wrath is coming. And that is something that we have earned. All right? I cannot do anything to deserve His grace or mercy. I cannot be loyal enough to earn His love. I can't promise future. God, I'll never do that sin again where God takes a chance on me and says, I'm going to put confidence in what you're saying to where all of a sudden He's now going to be kind towards me. Right? God knows us. He knows me certainly better than that. And so God is going to be kind. you know why? Because He's kind. And that's, that's all he's going to be, all right? His word says that if I am unfaithful, you know what he never will be? He will never be unfaithful because all he can be is faithful. So his kindness towards us is not a response to anything good in us. His kindness is because he's kind. And Paul's wanting them and he's wanting us to get that today. Bear in mind, as Peter writes, God is kind to you because he wants to be patient with you, ultimately because he wants to save you. Uh, and so God is who he is, and he is who he is all day, every day. And his purpose in showing us kindness initially is that we would realize that we are people in need of his kindness. 
And that we would acknowledge that he is kind and he is good even though we have not been deserving of that. Right? So that's where this repentance thing all starts. If I don't understand that I'm a sinner in light of a perfect God and a perfect Savior, I will never repent. Right? I'll never have a change of mind that how I was living was wrong and I need to confess that sin and now live God's way. And so it starts with the realization. It starts with me understanding that God has been kind to me because he wants to save me. The truth is, and Romans says this a little bit later, the wages of sin is what? If the wages of sin is death, why am I still alive? Give me one good reason why I am still breathing right now. There's one good reason, and there's really one reason. If the wages of sin equals death, I should be dead. Right? You should have to go visit me at a local cemetery somewhere. Oh, but you know why you can't? Because you've sinned as well. And so if you've sinned, what do you get? Death. So you're dead and I'm dead. We're all dead, right? That's what we deserve. The wages of sin is death. So God has the right at any point of sin, uh, even before, right? I mean, we're born with this sin nature to just stop us and say no more. You read a little bit uh, later here, you'll find a husband and wife. You remember this couple? Ananias and Sapphira? Wanted to be seen well in the people's eyes, and so they sold some land, and they told people that we're giving all the money from the sale to the church, and the church can use it for all the needs of the people. Did they give all the money to the church? No, they didn't give all the money to the church. And so God's going to call them to account on it, right? Somebody comes, knocks on their door. Husband, you home? Yep. Opens the door. Did you give all the money? Yep. No, you didn't. It's time for you to go. And he dies on the spot. Wife comes home. It's the same thing. Did you give all the money? Yes, we did. No, you didn't. It's time for you to check out. God could, the wages of sin is death, cause us in that moment to be done. The reason my heart is still beating, the reason you are still breathing, is because of God's kindness. His grace, His love, and His mercy. So not only that we would repent for salvation, but that we would continue to repent as we sin, and that we would share this message with other people. Everybody's got to realize it, right? If salvation is for everyone, then we need everybody to hear it, and we need everybody to see it. And so as recipients of God's grace, His kindness, man, we certainly want to be sharing that and living that with other people. All right. Secondly here, to repent means that we're going to run. So we want to realize, we want to acknowledge, now we're going to run, and we're going to run towards God rather than running towards sin. And so for those who are repentant, it's going to be noticeable, right? If somebody in the auditorium this morning right now stood up and took off running out of here, would it get your attention? Yeah, right? We would, that's not normal. That's not common. And so if we see you booking it, we're probably trying to figure out what's going on and do, probably do I need to be running also? Right? What's going on here? There's something noticeable when somebody takes off running. And so here, when we're running towards God rather than towards sin, we're living a repentant lifestyle, uh, it is noticeable by those who observe our life. Uh, and so the point here is we want to be not just people outwardly who are doing the right thing, but people who are transformed inwardly. 
And so we're going to flip this to the positive. Paul writes it in the negative, but let's flip this to the positive. First, let's read it. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant, what? Heart. All right? Not based on your actions. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when His righteous judgment will be revealed. And so where I am stubborn, where I'm unrepentant, right? I'm somebody who here is being told that I am showing contempt for God's kindness. And if I show contempt for God's kindness, what am I storing up? Wrath. If I hear it and I understand that God has been kind and gracious, that He gave His Son to die for me, that I deserve death as the wages of my sin, but eternal life is offered as, as I receive His grace through faith, and I say, you know what, I don't believe that, and I don't care if you've done that for me, good for you, I don't want anything to do with that. When I show contempt for God's kindness, I'm storing up wrath. And so what I need to do then is be the opposite of that. What's the opposite of being stubborn? You can't tell me what to do. It's to be humble. It's to say, yeah, you can tell me what to do. I will submit under your authority. I'm not the best solution. I'm not the best answer for my life. You are. What's the opposite of having an unrepentant heart? It's a repentant heart, right? It's where I acknowledge that I have sinned and that I'm living out from under the truth of God's Word and that I'm living and running a different direction than God has intended. And I need to have a change of heart. And so God's plan is that you and I would repent. And repent, we said, is a change of mind. And a change of mind not only leads to thinking differently, but it leads to living differently. And so if I'm thinking God's way, you know what I start to do? I start to live God's way. So I need to have a different heart. I need to have a different mind here is what the author is referring to. So I need to repent and turn to God. We'll see these same things here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Repent then and what? And turn to God. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And later on Paul says first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and then to the Gentiles, I preached that they should repent and what? Turn to God and then demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. And so in both of these verses here, what's clear is that to repent means that I am, I am turning. I am coming back under the authority of God. I was once stubborn and unrepentant. And now I am acknowledging that my way is not right. My mind is renewed. I'm changing my mind. And my heart is for the things of God. And I'm going to now run God's direction. I need to realize that God has been kind to me. You know, there are, there are hundreds, well, there are thousands of people who didn't get a shot at today. You know that, right? Around the world, there are people who went to sleep last night and did not wake up today. Or there are people who have suffered in some sort of tragic accident you and I have been given today not for any kindness that we have done, but because God is kind to us. Realize that. I need to just see that more and more. Live under that and treat every moment like it's a gift rather than like I've earned it or I've got so much to get done. True, we've got things to do, but enjoy God's blessing. Enjoy His favor. Enjoy His kindness. Live in His salvation 
And where there is sin that needs to be confessed, confess it, repent, and turn to live God's way rather than out from under his authority. And so we want to realize and we want to run. And then last year we're going to talk about persisting. To repent means that we persist. So we just read in Acts 26, 20, I want you to, Paul says, repent and turn to God and then demonstrate your repentance by good deeds. And now he's going on further here in the book of Romans to not just say, hey, start there, but persist in it. Persist in doing good and doing that for God's honor. So every day as followers of Christ, we're called to a few things. What does being a follower of Jesus mean? What's it mean to be a disciple? Matthew wrote about it and Luke wrote about it. If anyone wants to be my disciple, they must, they must deny themselves. They must take up their cross daily and they must follow me. Every day, spiritually, every day to myself, not spiritually, but every day to myself, I die. And I've got to die. It can't be about me. It's got to be about God. And that's the call here. Every day, is, if I'm going to persist in doing good, it requires me to wake up each morning and say, this is the day you've made. I will live under your authority. I will die to my selfish dreams and desires and hopes and plans, and I will live for your glory and honor. I will seek your good. I will try to act as a minister of your justice, of your grace, of your kindness, rather than being selfishly motivated. So as followers of God, every day we have to die to ourselves. And the truth is, that's easier said than done, isn't it? It's hard for me to die to myself when people want me to do things that I don't want to do. Maybe that's not true for you. Do you have issues with people wanting to control your life? Tell you how to live it, or this is the way it's supposed to be? Sometimes I have issues with that. I have some control problems. And I, I enjoy waking up each day with God's Word. And man, reading that Word and writing out prayer requests and just journaling and thinking. But I can find myself in the right situation just out from under that. And just wanting to take control. I'm in charge of this. You can't tell me, no, this is what we're going to do. And I don't care if you like it or not. I can feel that ugliness brew up in me sometimes. And so just dying daily, it's hard. It's a lot easier to say it and read it in the Bible in Romans 12, 1 and 2 than it is to live it out each and every day. I think an example of that, just think about that Tui family that we started with. They passed the man walking down the road early that morning. Wife says, hey, turn around. They could have turned around. What if about a half mile or so from him, the husband's just like, you know what? What are we doing? We've got young kids. We don't, this guy's huge. We don't know anything about him. Why would we put him in our car? He could have said, you know what? We're going back home. I'm not going to pick him up. And that would have been a reasonable response. We would have said, well, I can understand why you did something like that, right? It, it's hard for us sometimes, it's hard for me sometimes to live dead to myself and alive to God each and every day. And so that's why Paul writes here and says, listen, you've got to persist. You've got to keep on. It's easy to start, but as the struggles come, as people come against you and they want to plan your life differently, control your life differently, 
And sometimes we've just got to persist in doing what we know is honoring to God rather than what I think is right. And so in my relationship with God, repentance is not just a one-time thing, is it? Repentance isn't a one-time event. It shouldn't be. I mean, John wrote and said to, wrote to Christians, and he said, if we are faithful, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we will do what? If we'll confess them. All right, so if we are Christians who sin, then I need to be somebody who repents. I need to have God help me change my way of thinking over that situation and turn back to him and run his direction and then persist in doing what's good rather than in chasing what I believe is right. And so what do I do when I find myself going the wrong direction? I need to repent and I need to persist in doing what's good. Spirit inspired Paul to write and say to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. You know, it's good to make a, a distinction here. We're talking about, ultimately he's going to talk about how this comes about through faith in Jesus Christ. So don't read that apart from Jesus. Eternal life doesn't come from doing good. Right? It's not granted to us because we figured it out and got it right for an extended amount of time. It's granted to us because we've sought God's forgiveness. We've repented. We've received His Son Jesus as our Savior. And we are experiencing the, the joy and the satisfaction of living as those who can rest under God's forgiveness. So repentance is a changed life. Change the way I think. Change the way that I desire my heart. And now I'm living out under that change. I'm doing the good that God has intended for me to do. Uh, this is also written about other places in the Bible. We read about it in 2 Peter. We read about it in Acts. Now we're going to read about it from Matthew. Matthew 3, 7 and 8 says, But when the, he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, this is John the Baptist, by the way, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming, what? Wrath. Wrath is coming. Remember, God is forbearing it. He's restraining it, but it's on the way. What's verse 8 say? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Where there is a repentant heart, a repentant heart, then it should be evidenced by how I live. Right? There should be a change. And so for me to say to you, I have changed my way of thinking, I have changed my way of living, and I'm living God's way, what should you be able to see from me? You should be able to see that change. You should hear a change in my tone, even of my voice, being considerate. You should see a change in what I do with what God's put in my hands. You should see a change in what I'm committed to, how I use my time, right? how I pray. Like There should be evidence of a repentant heart. And so he says there, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. A good example, and it's found also in the Gospels. You'll remember, who's the guy that was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? All right, how do you say it? So I hear Zacchaeus and I, Zacchaeus. So we grew up saying Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and some people say Zacchaeus was a wee, I don't know, whatever. What's that got to do with it? I don't know. But, his story is right on point. Zacchaeus was, at best, a thief. Right? This tax collector who willingly, he knows what's right. Right? 
He is um, showing contempt. I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. And so he's taking money from his own people, making a good living while they're just suffering. And most people hated tax collectors other than other tax collectors. That was really your friend group. Until Jesus comes along. You know the story. He climbs a tree because he was a, a short stature guy and he sees Jesus coming. Jesus says, I want to go to your house. And so we see evidence of a change in Zacchaeus. He was once a thief. Now what's he doing? He's giving it away. To those that I have taken from, I'm going to give it back. And I'm not just going to give it back what I took from them, but I'm going to give back more than I took from them. There was a change in that repentant heart. And it was evidenced in how he was now living. That's the call here in Romans 2 for those who will believe. Don't be stubborn. Don't be unrepentant. Don't show contempt for God's kindness, His forbearance and patience. His wrath is coming. Don't store up wrath for yourself, but rather store up treasures. Store up things that are honoring. Store up things that will lead you to that eternal life. And so we are people who are to persist in doing good, right? Now, my good deeds never earn me heaven, and they don't do it for you either. But ultimately, they are reflections of a person that has been repentant. So repentance, we could talk about some other things as well, but for today, out of Romans 2, those are some of the things, at least, that we see as it relates to repentance. It means we've got to realize and acknowledge that we are living under God's kindness. And man, he's been good to us, hasn't he? And he's been kind to us when we didn't deserve it. He's still kind to us when we don't deserve it. And he knows we're not going to be deserving of it. And he still wants to be kind to us. He wants us then to run to him. Don't run away from him pursuing selfishness. Run to him and then persist in doing the good that he has created you and I to do. So here's the question. If this is what it looks like to repent, is this what my life looks like? If you served as my jury today and you were going to judge me based on what you see and hear from me, would you say, Corey shows contempt for God's kindness? Or would you say of me, no, he has humbled himself under the authority of God's word and he's trying to live under God's kindness? I'm not asking you to answer that. But you should be able to see that in me. And if you can't see that in me, then that's a problem. And we can flip that around. All of us should be able to see that in you. And if we can't see that in you, then that's a problem. Right? It's, it's a condition of the heart. When my heart's not right, my actions aren't going to be right. I get my heart right, get my mind right, what's naturally going to follow are right actions. And so I don't know how it is for you today. Maybe you're where we were when we started. Maybe repentance for you today means I haven't really given God credit as the big God that he is. I'm really praying, thinking that the only thing that's going to happen is what I can get done. And that's praying small prayers. I can't accomplish a whole lot. And God can do immeasurably more. Why not lean into that? Trust him. Pray that way. Sometimes we'll pray just for God. God, just get me by. Show me in the scriptures where you see God answer prayer by just the skin of your teeth. 
And God shows up in lavish ways. He shows up and just pours it out. What does that look like? All sorts of different things. It may be lavish peace. It may be lavish boldness and confidence. It may be a lavish supply of your needs. God, I just asked for a little and, and you've given me much. If you find yourself today maybe battling with a sin and you're not getting victory over it. Walk through these steps here. Acknowledge that you're still breathing because God's kind and he's Wrath is coming. Man, don't store up wrath. Store up grace and mercy and love. And then persist in doing the good that God has created you to do. And when you mess it up one day, you know what you do the next? You wake up and you give that day your best. And you acknowledge it. God, I just I tried yesterday and I messed it up. And if I messed it up with somebody, then I got to go make it right. That's the right thing to do. I'm not going to get it right every day. Neither are you. There's that little phrase, hurt people, hurt people. We've shared that here recently, maybe last week. Broken people break people. It just, it happens. I don't mean to, mostly. There probably are times where it is intentional. But where it's not, either way, I've got to work to make it right. And I do that with God. God, I've sought their forgiveness and now I'm seeking yours. Help me today. It's a new day to live and do what's good and right and to trust and to pray big. Help me to persist. I don't know what returning to God looks like for you this morning, but if that's something you need to do, I just want to invite you to do that here as we pray, okay?